Hello everyone and welcome along to a special edition of the RacingNews365.com Formula 1 podcast looking back on the opening day of the pre-season session that was held at the Circuit de Barcelona Catalunya today. Uh, I'm joined by RacingNews365.com Editorial Director Dieter Rankin. Welcome along Dieter. A very, very busy day uh, at the uh, circuit in Spain. Can you tell us how the day went from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely busy as you say. Uh, first of all, wonderful to be back, you know, to see cars running in, in, when I say anger, certainly uh, the new cars out there for the first time. So as opposed to the sort of filming days that some of them had undertaken last week and the week before, today it was sort of first blood for these cars. Um, and yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't have any great expectations uh, because obviously the cars are brand new at Formula One's new era. Uh, so the, the technical regulations are completely different. The tyres are 18-inch tyres, for example, as opposed to the old 13-inch. A lot has changed, and therefore, you know, you, you could see and feel and sense the teams sort of bedding and getting to know their new cars. Um, there, we weren't expecting any fireworks on track in terms of scintillating lap times. I think the important thing is that the teams got in the mileage, so they've got the experience with the cars, they know its strong points, they know the weak points. And so, you know, nobody was going at 10 tenths. There were no spills or thrills or anything. A lot of consistent lap times, nobody pushing to the edge, nobody really riding the curbs, um, all in a solid first day for Formula One's new era. Absolutely. And just looking back over some of those uh, lap times, which were, you know, three to four seconds away from what we've seen in Barcelona in the likes of uh, 2019 and 2020. But uh, Lando Norris set the pace with a 119.5, uh, 103 laps for McLaren. Ferrari got in plenty of mileage data between Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz, both of them lapping in the low 120s to finish second and third. But uh, Max Verstappen, he will be having a, a pretty sore neck, I think, at the end of today. 147 laps by himself for Red Bull. That's that's some serious mileage put in by the by the big teams today. Well, yeah, and this, you know, bears out what I was saying that, you know, the big teams are going out there simply to amass the kilometers on the car. Uh, let's not forget that not only are the cars new, but in many instances, the engines are either brand to brand new designs or they are heavily uprated and upgraded versions of last year. So, you know, everybody was going out there, the tires, they needed to get a feel for the tires to find out exactly what they're capable of, how sort of long they last, uh, how they degrade, uh, do they need to adjust the suspension to to work better with the tyres, for example. So it it was really, uh, you know, first day back at school in every sense of the word for the teams. Were you surprised by, given the fact that all of these cars are brand new designs, you know, all the technology that's involved, apart from the engines more so, is is brand new. Were you surprised at how reliable everybody was today? Um, I was. It was remarkable, yes. Surprising, no, for the very simple reason that let's not forget that the teams have got some absolutely incredible simulation tools. They've been running their cars on, on simulators for the last three, four months, possibly longer in some instances. And, you know, the the, the simulators would have thrown up or shown up uh, whatever weak points there may be. And, of course, they were able to strengthen them. Uh, let's also not forget that the, uh, the, the, the cars are designed to a basic specification, which has become ever tighter 
So there's less room for for adventure, and when there's less room for adventure, there's less that that can really go wrong or where teams get it wrong. So it was remarkable that we had so few um, uh, red flags today, for example. Uh, we had no breakdowns or major uh, blow-ups or whatever, and that is remarkable in itself, but I think it's indicative of exactly how high-tech Formula 1 has become. Now, the the two teams that did have a, a little bit of trouble today, Alfa Romeo and Haas, they were both affected by floor issues, which really, really restricted their mileage today. Is that a cause for concern at this early stage of pre-season, Dieter? No, not really. I mean, let's not forget that we're talking um, the uh, aerodynamics have changed to such a degree that the cars are actually uh, relying on what they call ground effect. So suction between the car bottom and the track to create, to create downforce. Previously, downforce was literally pressure from the top, and now it is vacuum from the bottom. And although the downforce levels are very similar, and I spoke to Valtteri Bottas at length today, and we'll be we'll be posting that that exclusive interview shortly, when I say shortly, within the next day or so. Um, when I spoke to Valtteri, he said the overall levels of downforce are very similar. However, what is different is the way that they are created, uh, where before a car had a, a lot more downforce at lower speeds, and then it sort of evened out the faster they went. They now have less at lower speeds and more at, at, at higher speeds. So high-speed corners are going to be very interesting with a new era. And obviously, when you're relying on vacuum or suction, um, you know things can get sucked closer to the ground, which is why I believe that, that um, Alfa Romeo has had these floor issues it's a matter of reinforcement. What they're going to do is look at how they attach them to the, the bottom of the monocoque chassis and work out how to make them stronger. And that's about it. Well, Dieter, it was a steady day on track, but of course, off track, there was still the matter of a couple of press conferences today. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, he was the star of the, the first press conference, the driver's press conference, but he made some pretty barbed comments today, didn't he? he first of all, he said that um, he hinted that he has no interest in talking to, to Max Verstappen. He said that seeing him in the pit lane is as close as we're going to get this week. But there was also comments he made alleging biased stewardship. What did you make of those comments, Dieter? Well, first of all, the first one doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, there is no reason for people to go up and be pally-pally with everybody else in the paddock. There is no reason. Let's set aside what happened in Abu Dhabi and let's just look at a normal um, sort of life in the paddock. You know, these are competitors. They're not friends. They may be in the same sport, but ultimately it's the same business. And, you know, the bank manager from Bank A, and it doesn't go and fraternize with the bank manager of Bank B or Bank C all day long. Um, You know, there's no reason to. So they'll see each other in, in driver's briefings when the season, once the season starts, but there's no reason to go along there and sit down and have a sort of a love-in or whatever. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me. Uh, what did surprise me, and of course I was in the press conference, and I was rather surprised when he said that we need unbiased stewards, and then he spoke about some stewards being friends with drivers and even traveling with them. And, you know, I sort of immediately thought, well, who's he talking about? And um, I, and I, I really do not understand what he was talking about, because you know, if this was a, um, a, a barb aimed at Max, there are no Dutch stewards, for example. Um, uh, the Most of the stewards are, in fact, British. Uh, if we have a look numerically, I believe that most of the stewards are British. Uh, and I, I couldn't work out what he was talking about. 
And then later on, they uh, during the, the team principal session, so the press conference was divided into 25 minute halves. So we had the first one was um, the drivers, five drivers, Lewis being one of them. The second one, five minutes later, was five press, uh, five team principals. And uh, so Toto Wolf and uh, Christian Horner were in that one. And uh, they were asked whether they thought there were any biased stewards or whatever, and they both said no, they didn't think so. They spoke about inconsistencies, which is something that we've addressed regularly over the last year. Uh, but certainly I see no sign of any form of bias whatsoever, and obviously Christian and, and, and Toto don't either. Well, I thought that was quite telling, actually, when, when Toto and Christian were in that press conference together. There was that, that moment from Toto where he tried to, you know, downplay the impact of, of Hamilton's words. But collectively, between Wolf and Horner, there seemed to be a, a, an uneasy truce there in place. Do you think peace, peace has fallen across Red Bull and Mercedes at this point of the, the season, Dieter? No, again, you know, you, uh, bank manager A and bank manager B don't fraternise all the time. These are competitors competing for motorsports' highest championships. There is no reason for them to fraternize. They can be polite to each other, which they were in the press conference. They didn't have a go at each other. But they're not friends, and they've got no need to be friends. So, you know, none of this uh, surprises me at all. And, in fact, not even teammates need to be friends as long as they get the job done. You know, the guys are ultimately in, in this business-stroke sport. Uh, for themselves. The drivers want the driver's championship. And the team bosses want the team's championship. It's that simple. And, you know, you, you don't have to be friendly with everybody. That doesn't mean you have to be unfriendly. And I'm certainly not insinuating that. And they weren't. And, um, you know, by Lewis saying, well, the closest they're going to get is pass each other in the pit lane. That's not unfriendly. Um, yeah, if they crash into each other in the pit lane, that to me is unfriendly. Well, Dieter, another busy day lies ahead tomorrow. Uh, are you able to reveal anything for Thursday, Dieter? Uh, no, Thomas, because, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We've got the, the run orders, but they're also subject to change. Uh, teams do chop and change, although they publish the run orders. If somebody, for some reason or other, uh, is either feeling unwell or um, there's some unfinished business from today and they'd like to do comparisons of parts. So, you know, we don't know. What I do believe will happen is that we will see the the cars looking progressively different as new parts arrive. I believe there's some new parts arriving, for example, for Alpine. I wouldn't be surprised if the new parts arriving for, for Mercedes, Ferrari, and, uh, and Red Bull. Uh, so I think that we're going to see the cars progressively evolve during the next two days. And that in itself will be very, very interesting. You know, we've got our, our photographer, Michael Potts, on scene. Um, he knows what to look for. And I think that if we compare a photograph of Friday's last or final lap for a particular car versus the first lap this morning, it will be a different car. It's a fascinating time of the year, isn't it, Dieter? Absolutely. That's why it's so great to be here. Well, we'll be doing roundups from each day of testing throughout this uh, pre-season session at the uh, Circuit to Barcelona, Catalonia. Dieter Rankin, as always, thank you very much. Um, safe travels wherever you're off to this evening. And you can follow Dieter on Twitter at Racing Lines. I'm Thomas Marr. You can follow me on Twitter at Thomas Marr on F1. We'll talk to you again tomorrow evening after the second day of pre-season testing. <laughs>